This is a podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. It's time to talk technology and I'm joined by Paul Porter from RNIB. Hi Paul. Hi Stephen. Today Paul we're going to talk a little bit about I guess an older technology and how it combines with modern technology. That's Braille and its modern day equivalent really. That's right. I mean, Stephen, Braille's been around for a couple of hundred years and for most of that time it was Braille that had to be, or dots that had to be uh, manually or laterally, electronically embossed using metal plates onto onto paper. Over the last 30 years, and I was lucky enough to be one of the, I guess, the first people in the UK to have a, what was at that point called an electronic Braille display, and that connected to your computer and you would have maybe 20, 30, 40 characters coming up in Braille. And as you moved around a document or, a, or an email or whatever it happens to be, the pins on the electronic Braille display changed to, to form the shape of the Braille characters under your finger. So each Braille character, for example, is made up of a combination of one to six dots. So you feel the pattern and you know it's an A, a B, a C, whatever it happens to be. And then, you know, once you learn how to read Braille with your fingers, you can you can, you can very quickly read information either on paper or on uh, these electronic devices. The numbers of people reading Braille, I think, has declined over the years because people are using audio. And, and some people, in fact, say, well, you don't need Braille nowadays because you've got audio and why bother to learn it? But for me, if you don't read Braille, then you're technically illiterate. You're not able to read the English language or indeed any language that you can put Braille into. So for me, Braille is very important. I, I use it for working, I use it for information. And over the last three or four years, companies have developed smaller and smaller devices that are almost pocket size. They might have a minimum of 12, 14, 16, 18 characters displayable at any one time. And the reason they've done that is that in order to make these Braille devices compatible with smartphones and tablets. You can have your smartphone in your pocket. The information then comes up in Braille on your little Braille display in your hand, or it could be a larger one, maybe 40, 60, even 80 characters wide. And that information comes up and you can read it. And with some of the devices, you can also control your phone by using the Braille keyboard that's built into the phone. And I guess what I'm trying to say at the end of this very long answer is that Braille Technology is improving, it's getting smaller, it's getting cheaper, and people are using it more and more with their new tablets and smartphones. That must open Braille up to a whole lot of people, Paul, and I guess there's been a slight revolution in Braille in the last few years because of that portability. For anyone who doesn't know, I mean, a brailler used to be like a Perkins brailler was a large metal instrument that would make a, a lot of noise. So to have something in your pocket, that's quite revolutionary. That's right. So you can, you know, you can be controlling. So I, I go to meetings, for example, I've got a phone in my pocket. Uh, I want to read documents the same way as everyone else. So I have these email, email to me. I'm able to use the braille display to read through the document, find bits of information, move back and forwards as anyone else would. I can close the document, open a different one. You know, I've turned the speech off on the phone so it's not chattering away as well, but all the information is coming up in Braille and I'm controlling it information from the little Braille display. So, yeah, absolutely, it makes uh, information much more retrievable and, 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 and readable because it can actually be quite difficult to, to listen to something using speech and to, you know, hear other people when they're meeting at the same time or 
you know, in a work situation or pretty much anywhere. And it means we've got now access to the same information as everyone else. So, you know, you can use the internet, you can download information. So a really, you know, great way of, of, of accessing information that now isn't hugely expensive. I mean, it, it's still, you know, you're still looking sort of £900 probably for the cheapest product around, going up to several thousand. But it is my way of, of, of reading and writing. And, you know, without it, I, I wouldn't enjoy the... The wonders of, of, of the English language, for example, which, which I think is you know very important that people learn. Yeah, it's very exciting, actually, because uh, even just this week, Paul, I, I saw an article about a Braille tablet that is being developed in one of the universities in the US. I'm not sure, I can't remember exactly which one it was. But this is uh, basically like a kind of uh, iPad or um, typical type of tablet that has a, a full screen display and it uses air or liquid to push up dots and that must give a whole load of options that weren't there before if this becomes available. That's right. I mean, the, the problem with Braille has always been to have an electronic device. You know, it, the, each Braille cell is quite an expensive piece of technology is using something called piezoelectric which means that the the pins can be pushed up and down maybe 10 even 15 20 times a second because as you're zapping through a document you don't want to read every line necessarily but you, you know what you're looking out for and to, to make something that has more of these cells or to, you know has, has proven difficult this new technology looks good probably wouldn't be able to refresh each cell, in other words, each cell wouldn't be able to move up and down as quickly as the the piezoelectric type system. But if you've got a screen full of Braille at any one time, it, it doesn't, I guess, need to move as fast. So the technology is coming, I think, where you'll have, you know, a screen full of Braille coming up at any one time. The technology will be cheaper and, uh, you know, and who knows what's around the corner, but I think the future of the Braille is looking good. And, you know, I'd certainly encourage anyone, no matter what age you are, to, to learn Braille because it is about being literate. It's been able to just, even if you use it for labelling or maybe reading a magazine, or you, you don't necessarily have to read, you know, novels with it. But mm. it can be a really useful tool just to have, I was going to say to have it at your fingertips, but that's a bit <laughs> of a pun. But, you know, it, it is it is that. It's, you know, even if you want to label your CDs and you just, you just read the Braille, um, you know, there's, there's different types of Braille. You've got contracted Braille, you've got uncontracted Braille. We're now on to the UEB Braille, which is a way of unifying Braille throughout the English-speaking world. And it's able, able to show things like capitals and all sorts of different print styles that we maybe didn't necessarily see previously. So Braille's moved into the 21st century, and um, it is easier to produce Braille. I mean, you even get junk mail and braille coming through now you know which which isn't which is a good thing i guess because it means we're you know being treated the same as everyone else yeah that, in a strange way that, that is a good thing but but probably not for for too long i would imagine no but you know it, it's nice getting all the different bits of information and you know your, your bills from whoever in braille and i think we, we almost now kind of take it for granted that lots of places will produce braille for us which is the way it should be so, uh, in terms of RIB, Paul, what kind of options would be available for anyone uh, thinking about maybe getting a brailler or finding out how the technology works? Yeah, so we still have the standard um, Perkins type braille devices. They've been brought up to date, but they're now a bit sort of more plastic, rather than metal, a little bit lighter to carry around. 
But we have various Braille displays that connect to your phone or your computer. We've got a couple of devices that are what are called note takers. We've got a range of products from a company called Hims. And they, in fact, have just brought out an update last week that gives you some more functionality to, to the BrailleSense range of products. They've introduced a rather nice uh, online radio database so you can connect to the internet and listen to, to, to radio um, by searching for a, a genre or, or, or an actual radio station name. And then you can, you can listen to it on your device and the information also comes up in Braille in terms of the station name and so on. A few other updates, including a document reader, and anyone who's got one of these products will be familiar with what they can do. So they give you things like uh, the ability to write documents, read documents, email, web browsing, access to YouTube and various other functionality as well. Okay, Paul, so lots of options and the future seems really bright for Braille users. How can anyone get in touch if they want some more information or if they've got a technology query? So you can contact the Technology for Life team via the RNIB helpline on 0303 and we'll be happy to talk to you about anything that you've got, any queries about technology. If you've got something you can't use or something you think isn't accessible to you, give us a call and we can talk you through your options. Paul Porter, thanks for some great technology advice today and we'll talk to you again soon. Speak to you soon, Stephen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. For more podcasts, check out insightradio.co.uk.